Hello there, everyone, and uh, welcome to another deep dive into this week's sermon. And it's uh, a big one this week. We're looking at the Transfiguration, which is fantastic. And uh, we're just so great, glad that you can join in with us as we uh, have this conversation around the next chapter in Mark. We've started into Mark 9. How good. And uh, with me this morning, I have Mr. Syme, who brought the word. Pastor Syme, what should I call you? Boss. <laughs> and, uh, and we got Kerry, and we got Kerry here too. Uh, and it's great. We're going to be out. We're going to looking forward to having this conversation. Uh, before we get into it, let me remind you that if you have any questions watching this live, uh, chuck it in the chat. And uh, we've we got some people watching, so hopefully we can answer them for you too. Or if you want, also you're watching this back as a replay, add those questions in still because we'll endeavor our best ability to answer them in the following week. So that's great. If you have uh, any thoughts, any questions come to mind, we'd love to answer them uh, for you. And uh, as I said, this week, we are actually jumping into Mark 9. So why don't we start by reading that together? And uh, in, in Mark 9, verse 2, it actually says this. It says, six days later, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up a high mountain to be alone. As the men watched, Jesus appeared, uh, Jesus' appearance was transformed, and his clothes became dazzling white, far whiter than any earthly bleach could ever make them. Then Elijah and Moses appeared and began talking with Jesus. Peter exclaimed, Rabbi, it's wonderful for us, wonderful for us to be here. Let us make three shelters as memorials. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He said this because he didn't really know what else to say, for they were all terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my dearly beloved son. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, Moses and Elijah were gone, and they saw only Jesus with them. As they went back down the mountain, he told them not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. So they kept it to themselves, but they often asked each other what he meant by rising from the dead. They also, then they asked him, why do the teachers of religious law insist that Elijah must return before the Messiah comes? And Jesus responded, Elijah is indeed coming first to get everything ready. Yet why do the scriptures say that the Son of Man must suffer, suffer greatly and be treated with utter contempt? But I tell you, Elijah has already come and they chose to abuse him just as the scriptures predicted. Just as the scriptures predicted. What a great reading. Uh, it's, I have this bit of conceived notion when I'm, I'm reading this uh, passage actually that it's rather theological and dense. And when we were in Israel, when I went there uh, back in last year, the whole tent mountain, it was, it was overly like built up as this uh, super major moment. And it is a major moment. That's why it's recorded. But it's over theolo theology, theological in my sort of view of it. Until this week, Simon, you, you, you started off with this great great way. And you're saying, this is what was speaking to me this week. And that's what I'm going to speak on. And it brought a real fresh revelation of it. And uh, I thought maybe this week, what we'd do is start off by actually just what is it in that that sort of stands out to you? And uh, I'll get the ball rolling. And, and for me, it's actually 
when God mentions Jesus, when he's talking to Jesus, it's this reflection of, uh, of his baptism and he calls him his beloved. And to me, that just stands out. That's beautiful. And it's a reaffirmation of Jesus being the son, the son of the father, the one that's been sent by the father and is, is uh, called by the father, the, the, the one. So that, that's my part, which is just, yeah, stands out to me. What about you, Kerry? Oh, okay. Uh, I think the thing that stands out for me in the passage is that Jesus is revealing another side to him, to the disciples, and it's like he's revealing himself gradually as they are more able to understand who he is. Um, They've just, you know, or Peter's just confessed that he's the Messiah, and then six weeks later they go up to the mountain and he reveals his glory to to them. Um, and I feel like that's a bit like what it is in my journey with Jesus as well, that I might have known him as a certain person when I first asked him into my life. But as I've walked with God, I've seen him in different situations and I've seen different aspects of his nature and how he relates to me and how things happen and unfold. And, and I feel like this is reflected in the way he's dealing with the disciples as well and that there's... This is sort of also saying that there's more to come. As much as you know of Jesus, there's more to come. Yeah. Lovely. Hmm. Yeah, it's, I mean, and I think that's, that's absolutely fantastic. And I, actually, I just wanted to come into that little notion that Caleb talked about, which is about being theological. Uh, that, and, I, and I actually, as I was sitting here and you were saying that, Sometimes we think that this passage is a little bit overly theological or, you know, it's seen in certain lights. Um, And let me say it's really important because it is deeply theological. It has an incredibly important um, uh, points that are being made in this passage. Um, And and it's it's one of those passages that, you know, there are certain things that happen that, span across the Gospels. And this spans across the, what's known as the synoptic gospel. so it's Matthew, Mark and uh, Luke. Uh, it doesn't exist in the same form in, in John's Gospel, but the, it, it's, it's important because it's that turning point, isn't it? So we, we talk, we've been talking about how it's been a turning point in Jesus' ministry, and so there's a deep theological understanding about, um, about who Jesus is, the revelation of who he is and what the purpose is of Jesus. So that's really deep and theological. But there's an even deeper theological thing there. And I, and, and I really, while, while we don't want to delve into and sit on it too long, but it's actually really important that we understand that Jesus is God's son. So that's a hugely deep theological point. And while, while we have, you know, these notions about it being, um, uh, sometimes we go, we, we, we just sit in the, the, the headspace of theology and that's what you were saying. So often we think about theology as good arguments and good ways of having good deep discussions and they're really important for us to actually wrestle with what it means to understand who God is understand the, the notion of what Jesus has done for us in our life. So 
none of this is to say that theology doesn't matter. Theology really matters. Absolutely. Uh, good. Thank you. <laughs> you have done your Bachelor of Theology, so that's really good. <laughs> Do it, throw it away. No, um, but it's... <laughs> Too expensive for that piece of paper. <laughs> but it's, it's one of those things that um, we need to be careful not to leave it in that academic um, space. And that's the whole point of theology, isn't it? it we, we study it and understand better and get a right understanding so that it actually helps conform our heart to become more like God's heart, isn't it? You know, it's not just so that we become rote in being able to do good apologetics or something. It's actually so that we can live a life better. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so for me, you know, to answer that question of what stood out, it was, was in the same, that same vein around... Um, that God proclaiming that Jesus is my son and, and, and listen to him. And, and I loved the importance that that places, you know, and here's the, the deep theological argument was that Jesus' words are more important now than the, uh, the law and the prophets, which has been all what's been coming past. So it is, it is that ongoing revelation that is coming from God about his saving grace into the world and Jesus is the one that we need to listen to. So, and, and I think it's really important for us to actually understand how his words um, shape all of that Old Testament understanding. When we read the Old Testament, we actually need to read it through the words, the works, and the ways of Jesus Christ. We we don't we don't read it just out of out of the Old Testament context. We actually read it from our New Testament understanding. So deep theological things, and you really got us going into a deep theological <laughs> section <laughs> around stuff. But it's. Often when I, and as, as I said on um, Sunday, often what happens is when I've been preaching, I often have been, for, for me, it's been actually about identifying with, with Peter, with the disciples over the many years. And that's why I've often, when I've preached on these passages, um, I've actually focused on the disciples' journey uh, so often and how how you can actually, it, it doesn't matter whether you, you make mistakes. God will, is still there for you. Mm. You, know, even, you know, even Peter declaring, you know, and, and we cannot unattach this piece from Jesus, Peter's declaration of the Messiah, um, Jesus' prediction of his death, what it means to be a disciple and following the way of the cross and the transfiguration, they all come together. You know, we, we, we can't separate them out because you don't actually understand the transfiguration unless you actually understand what the turning point was in the ministry, what, why Jesus started to set his face towards Jerusalem. Um, and, and we don't understand it um, without understanding that Jesus has to die. So that's, that's where we kind of get it, all that understanding. And we don't understand it that the way of the cross is actually to follow in Jesus' footsteps and actually follow in that and, and putting aside yourself and taking up what is ahead of you. So it's really important for us to actually see this transfiguration in the basis of what's just come previously. But, but the thing that really struck me and has been actually striking me 
as we've been going through Mark's gospel in depth is that I've changed my focus at the moment on, on especially on how I preach and the message that has been coming to me from this um, away from necessarily that um, how the disciples focused into this, into really what Jesus was, was telling us, really into what Jesus wants us to know now, really into what Jesus is, has been telling those who are following and all of us. And, and it really comes down into that. And, and I think the words, the ways, the works are so important for us to actually understand. Um, and, and the moment we start to just focus on just one aspect, um, which is the disciples' journey, is the moment we lose the very nature of who God is in Jesus Christ because we're worrying about how our response is always going to be. So it's important for us to be theological. It's important for us to uh, see this. But it's, it shows you that, and, and for somebody that's meant to study this, uh, we, we all commit when we, when we take on these roles of being, uh, you know, in that pastoral role of being in the church of, of, and, you know, in ordination, it's you will study the scriptures and, and we do study the scriptures, but it, it shows you that God will speak to you in different ways, in different times and in different seasons of what comes out of the passage for you. So, but it's, it's not trying to read into it. So the thing that I've been trying really hard not to do, um, and it's really important for us actually in this time right at the moment because, you know, I, and I, I don't know about you, but I've found that I'm overhearing unprecedented times. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I hear it and I glaze over because I go, I know where you're going. I know what's happening. And, but let's not undersell what's happening, but let's just keep it in that perspective. So it's like I don't want to read into um, everything that I'm reading in the Bible, um, all the stuff that's happening in the world and go, I need to, that's telling me what I want to see out of this. I'm letting what the Bible is there tell me how I re react into the world. So Absolutely. It's something we were told, the way it was taught to me when I was going through college was we always bring our, our lens, our view that we always want to bring into the Bible. Uh, and as you're saying, it's a, we can take these unprecedented times and, you know, the amount of people that I've heard love a good conspiracy trying to say, yep, Jesus is coming back soon. Uh, you know, because of how the signs are lining up. It's, yeah, absolutely. But I love what you were saying back there before about how uh, G, the, the person of Jesus is the new covenant, not the law and the regulations. And, and I just want to redirect people because Simon explained that really well on Sunday. If you haven't yet heard that sermon, go listen to it because that was fantastic. And I was wondering from that, because you did such a great job in there, was there some second or third things that you were really wanting to talk about in this incredibly dense passage that maybe actually you didn't really have time to talk about in that or you didn't feel like it was necessarily the right time to talk about? Well, I, I think, you know, because as I said, I was, I'm focusing on, on about Jesus. So that's been my real aim on this. But I think it's really important for us to actually understand what the disciples were going through in this process, you know. And I think it's really important for us to actually, even though Jesus, so let, let's set the scene. So this helps us. 
uh, Jesus has been with the disciples two to three years now. So he's actually been, uh, the disciples have been wandering around with Jesus all this time, listening to him, um, seeing what he's been doing, have actually been um, doing miracles in Jesus' name. Now, they've actually been doing that. And, and here's the thing, then when Jesus asked that question, who do you say I am? And that's such an important question for each and every one of us. Who do you say I am is, is a really key question that we need to ask um, ourselves. Who do we say Jesus is? Um, our Lord and our Saviour, the Messiah, the one who's come to save. And, and all of those um, disciples had a notion of what that was. And so it was really, I think it's really strange that they haven't got an understanding. So this is the thing, you know, they still don't get, Jesus is actually saying he's got to go and he's, he's going to be killed. Um, and, and they don't understand that. And, and even when they're up on the mountain and they're coming down and Jesus is saying, don't, don't tell people about this. Um, and, and what are they wondering? And they kept on discussing what rising from the dead meant. So they're still not able to comprehend what is about to happen. And I think that's the thing that kind of strikes me in this, is that the journey you go through in faith is that you will always have questions. Um, and, and there are parts that are much more palatable and the parts that you don't understand and are not palatable, you tend to just avoid. I don't want to go there, God. I don't want to. I don't want to understand you like that. And I think the disciples were very much in that in that sort of vein. And how profound for them that Moses and Elijah, like the two key figures from the Old Testament, were there with Jesus. And and you know, as you said at the beginning, when God said, "Listen to him," and like you said you know, all of the prophets, all of the law, all to be read through the lens of Jesus. And so it's such a profound thing for those disciples because that was their whole understanding, Moses, the prophets, the, all of the Old Testament. And here is Jesus coming in and actually explaining the beauty and the clarity of, of what it all really meant. And, and I think something to add on to that as well is I take for granted hindsight you know, I'm reading this, if, if we go back to that lens idea, through understanding of what happens to Jesus. You know, I know already what's happening. Why don't you get it right here yet? And, and as you're saying, these questions that they're going through, well, they don't yet even have the day of Pentecost or they don't have the, uh, the understanding of Jesus is rising yet. And, and so it's still quite cryptic if we put ourselves into that exact position. It's Jesus hasn't really said to them straight out. Well, he has said to them, but they, they're trying to figure it out and what that actually means. Yeah, and they're waiting for Elijah to come back. So they've got that scripture, which is out of Malachi, you know, that Elijah comes first and will restore all things. And then, and then Jesus says, well, what about the scriptures that say the Son of Man must suffer and be rejected? So they haven't they haven't recognised that part of Scripture. They're looking for the, the glory part and not the suffering part. Mm. Well, which, and that's so true, isn't it? Like in our lives, as we go through what's happening in our lives, we always want to focus on what is the glory part, what's the... And, and, and to be honest, these 
the, the thing is that we will always have moments where things are going great, but we'll always have moments where things aren't going so well. Um, and it's it's where we place our focus in those times that really matter for, for us in that, that space. And I think the for the disciples, and, and, I, and I think it was, it's interesting when we come back to what Jesus actually told them to do, it was not to tell them about that the Son of Man must rise from the dead until after he's done it. So don't, don't talk about this, uh, the glory of Jesus Christ coming down, the glory of God on Jesus Christ being made manifest, that, 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 that God says from the cloud, this is my, love, my dearly loved son. Listen to him until after the resurrection. So he's, he's going, this stuff people are not going to get understand just yet. But they will comprehend it after the resurrection. You've got a foretaste of this. Hang on to it. But they, they were still in the midst of the journey and trying to figure out and they're going, I just cannot understand what it means that one Jesus, the Son of Man has to suffer and then the Son of Man will rise again. I, I, it's just beyond my comprehension. And I think that's something that we have as well. Um, and so it's really good to, like, if, if we extrapolate this into faith, into our life right now, we may be in a situation where we don't actually have the answers. You might be going through something in your life right now where you actually don't comprehend what's going on. Um, and it's then how do we deal with that in that moment? How do we, you know, face those times when we know we've got to get somewhere, we know something's going to happen, but in this midst we're in uncertainty. And, and for me that's really important to have people that um, can support you. You know, and I, I just want to speak right into the, the personal stuff about how we, how we live our life um, and, and taking it from the theological into the pastoral, into the personal kind of stuff. And, you know, the disciples, Jesus didn't take one. He took multiple so that there was evidence and proof, but there's also support in that. And, so the, and I think that's what I wanted to come back into. He says support. You need people around you that will support you and encourage you and be with you and journey with you and, and people that have either shared the journey or people that have gone through the journey and can support you from the other side. So it's, it's really important as we journey into unknown places that we have people that are there to help us in all of this. So, um, I, I often think like, the, the image that just came to my mind then as you were talking about this is what's your foundation? You know, that's the, the word we always use. What's your foundation? In your tough times, what's the foundation? But... In particular, in this moment, I'm thinking, well, actually, what's your foundation made up of? You know, because it's just not one thing to have a foundation. Even a bad building has a foundation, uh, but it can still crumple. But, you know, is it the truths of the gospel? Is it the promises that God declares over your life? Is it that they're the things that are making it up? Is it strong friendships and people that you can trust to help you through the times that are 
unprecedented or is it is it actually that you may have outgrown some friendships and they're not going to actually hold you true in these moments you know what's your church community like you know and, and it's kind of hard to step back on that one because if you take a step back and look and you say well uh, I've I'm going through some things. Maybe it's your mental health. Maybe it's a marriage breakdown. Maybe it's uh, physical health. Maybe it's emotional tolls, which, you, you know, you step back and, and your church can't uh, meet you in your place. Well, maybe that foundation isn't so strong. And that's something we've got to aspire to as church, uh, to be, as the church, that person for those people. And, and so it comes back to what's your foundation made up of? Not just do you have a foundation. And uh, yeah, so it's really important in the suffering, which we're bound to come into. It's not just a one-off thing uh, that we have that solid foundation that's made up strong. And if we push that analogy just even further, because often when it comes to church and thinking about the foundation and support, it often comes down to, say, the pastor or the minister, depends on which denomination you're talking about, and whether they're doing it. But that's one part of the foundation. It's actually the church, all of all of the people, and if they're supporting in those spaces, it's, it's more. It's not just a, a, a piece of the foundation. It's all of the foundation. And maybe sometimes that's even more effective than just the pastor. Or oh, just let, the let me say, let me say, all the time it's more effective <laughs> when everybody. So, yeah, and I actually want to say this because yeah. it's really important because yeah. often people put. Um, people like ourselves on pedestals and saying they've got to be the ones that have got to look after me. It's more. It's actually better that the whole church cares yep. than just one person. But we do want the one person, but everybody caring and supporting and encouraging is so much more powerful than just the one paid person or the one person set aside to do that kind of thing. So, And, and if we take that thought even further, we're, we're, we're blessed in different ways with different gifts, you know, and, and it might just be that you need someone to share some time with. Now, I'll put my hand up for that one. I'm good with that. But if you're looking for a word of encouragement or message of wisdom or someone to test a prophecy over your life or anything like that, or maybe I'm not the best person then, you know, and I would probably put you on to carry for that, you know. And, and But this is why the church is made up as a body. That's why we talk about that image of the body so much because that body is a strong foundation. But they also all have a part to play. It's not the individual. It's not like one is better than the other. It's not the one's greater than the other. Yeah. And the thing that's really keeping us together is that looking to Jesus. And that's what Amen. these three experience, the glory of Jesus. And, and that's always what we've got to you know, realise is our, is our commonality, what we have in common, that you know, Jesus is our glue, Jesus is the way forward, Jesus is the solution, and that we can encourage each other in that. Mm. Yeah, so let me come back to another deep theological thing for us as, as we kind of wrap up because it's it's really important that we notice this. And and I, I spoke to it on, on Sunday, but it really does place Jesus as being divine. Mm. Uh, and that is so important because if you, if you actually go out into um, – other religions around the world, they'll say, oh, Jesus was a great man, uh, was a teacher, was a prophet. A prophet. They'll, they'll recognise, that, you, but they won't recognise that Jesus is God's son. So this is key, this is pivotal, pivotal, yes. get it right, pivotal, <laughs> that 
Jesus is God's son. It comes back into that, you know, another big theological word. It's, it's the Trinity. So it's God the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. One God, three um, aspects, modes, beings, so to speak. So people. It, people um, and we won't go into that any more than just that. <laughs> But um, because that's a whole other one just to look at later on. But um, the, the thing is that it, it's really important for us to realise that God's Son, divine and within the framework of his death and resurrection. Yes. And, and this is where it's really interesting that I've found um, because I have um, colleagues that have thought slightly different theological standpoints and they're at the moment that they're thinking that they don't want to keep on hearing the, the um, death and resurrection all the time. But without that, it's nothing. It's nothing. Where's atonement? That's right. <laughs> exactly. there, so, so it is you know, salvation through atonement of sins, yeah. through Jesus Christ, death Who's and resurrection. Who's fully man and fully God. So that, and this is why it's so important that we see yeah. this transfiguration in that light because if you don't get it, mm. then... Just, just another person. That's right. Uh, who uh, was a political activist. Good morals. Happened morals. To die. Yeah. Happened to be raised again. I mean, Lazarus was raised to, yeah. to life again. And, and just being a man dying doesn't do anything. Yeah. The fact that he's God and man, that God died for us, is just, it's mind-blowing. It, it is. And, and, and this is what is foundation for our faith because if... If we don't believe that, how? Why do we come? Yeah, to yeah. faith. Mm. You know, mm. we come to faith in Jesus Christ as the one who is our saviour. Yeah, and so that's really so important and foundational for us to actually keep on putting back. So you will find time and time again what we will say is that it all needs to come back to Easter. What happens at Easter through Jesus' death, resurrection, atonement through Jesus Christ's death on the cross. Mm. That is pivotal, central, mm. and, I, and I find it really strange that people will want to downplay that, but then they've got to go through Easter each year in their church calendar, but they keep on downplaying what that means mm. in their theology because it's it, it's not about Jesus the good person. It's about Jesus, the Son of God, who's, as you said, beloved or dearly loved. Yep. I'm not sure that we ever use beloved now. Do you come up and go, oh, you're my beloved? <laughs> well, I dibs on being Simon's <laughs> beloved disciple. <laughs> but it's, yeah, so it's, it's, it's really important for us to actually just keep that in mind that it is about that and um, that it is, Jesus is loved by God and God's son and that we need to listen to God. Uh, I might I might wrap it up with uh, this final thought in particular. I was just thinking about, you know, well, this aspect of Jesus being fully human and fully God, and then we apply it to one of the most well-known verses. It's John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son, in that God sent himself for us in the form of Jesus, incarnate. We won't go down that road. But Jesus, fully God, fully human, comes to us because we can't help ourselves. We've tried and it didn't happen through history. The Israelites couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. They chose something else. So God comes to us and actually brings us into a right place with himself again mm -hmm. because he is fully God and fully human. Yeah, mm. because the law shows us the sin, but Jesus is the answer to that sin. Yeah. Beautiful. Mm.
Any final thoughts on that, Simon? I think you've, you've wrapped it up beautifully. Love I, lo- I love that. You know, the law shows us what we've done wrong and says you've always done wrong. But Jesus says, I will forgive. I, I'm the way. I, I'm the forgiveness of that. And you can have life. I, I love how, you know, it, 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 you know, Jesus says, come to have life and life in abundance, to, to, to be full, completely full. So awesome. that, that's fantastic for us. That's so. great. Praise God. So uh, we're going to leave it on that. Thank you for joining in this uh, afternoon in our deep dive. And it has been a deep dive indeed this time round. And it's fantastic. Uh, Again, if you have any questions, if you're listening back to this, please uh, shoot them through in the comments or feel free to privately message us. If you don't feel like you can just put them out publicly, Uh, we will read them and we will get to them and even reply to you. Uh, please do also check out our other forms of media. We have a, a Facebook. You've, you've got that. Uh, Instagram, YouTube. There's even a TikTok now, which is good fun. Uh, so jump on those and you'll be able to get some more content. It's some great stuff that the church is actively putting out for you. Go through and listen to the sermons on the website, mbu.org.au, or go there to get to the church online platform on Sunday at 10 o'clock. We have the church online and it's fantastic just to be able to gather together uh, online and do that. Uh, we are also open in the building now. Uh, so please do come in. We've got all the procedures set up so that we can make you safe whilst being a part of worship here physically. So do take that up if you can. And uh, we look forward to seeing you all next time. Mr. Simon, would you please pray for us as we, we leave this morning, afternoon? Okay. Thanks. Thanks, Caleb. Thanks, Kerry. Oh, gracious, loving God, we just give you thanks for this moment that we are able to actually take this time out of our lives and just spend it in your word, the Bible. Lord, may this, the words that you have in front of us, may the life that you have lived, may the lives of the disciples all inspire us to to take our life from the everyday to something that will just please you not because we want to try and earn our way to your salvation, but because we want to be more like you, Jesus. We want to be disciples that are more like Jesus every day. Oh, Lord, we just pray a blessing upon um, us today as we've delved into the Bible, but we also want to just pray for those who are struggling with their health, um, whether that be physical or mental. We are just praying um, for you and uh, we do pray for you specifically each day um, for your healing and wholeness, for you to be coming back to feeling if, if you're finding it tough uh, with your mental health at the moment, we're praying that you will find a solace and a space where you can find some normalcy in all of this. Uh, Lord, if you're struggling with your physical health, we're praying healing upon you. Um, and for the doctors, the nurses, all those people involved in your health care to be providing great care for you and that God will come and heal you in this moment as well. Lord, we just pray that you will be with us and guide us this week as we go upon our way. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, who is our Lord, our Saviour, who is the Son of God, the one who come, came to save us and forgave us, Lord, when we just ask that you will lead us in all of this. We ask your blessing. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for joining. We'll catch you next time.